technically seven, seven Sundays uh, after, after Easter. And as John referred to when we started the service, that sometimes people refer to it as the birth of the church. Um, in, the, in the New Testament, the day of Pentecost is the day that um, the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples and all kinds of crazy stuff happened and they spoke in languages that weren't native to them and a bunch of people came to know Jesus in and, and like one, one big fell swoop and it was a very cool and, and powerful thing. And now the, the history of the church is, is filled with, when I say the church, that's capital C, like that's, the, that's God's church, um, is filled with scandal and it's filled with beauty and it's filled with power. And this day of Pentecost is one of those, those moments, those days of, of beauty and power. And that's why we remember it still, um, you know, thousands of years later as, as the day that the, the Holy Spirit um, fell upon the disciples and, and did, did an amazing thing. So, uh, as I said, we're in this book of 2 Corinthians. We're going to start with a verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. It says this, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Um, that's pretty cool. We have all three people of the Trinity referred to in those two verses. The Trinity is a concept that talks about our God, who is one. We have one God, but he exists, has existed forever, will exist forever, equally in three different parts. And I'm not going to try to give you an analogy because I've yet to find one that doesn't fail on some aspect. And I don't want to confuse anybody. Everything from an egg to water and whatever else. Um, the Holy Spirit, we don't really have the words to describe the Holy Spirit's interaction with the, the Father and the Son. Um, we've tried to encapsulate it in this thing called the Trinity. Um, other languages are, are a little bit better I asked my friend Norbert, um, who is fluent in German, and so I'm going to butcher this, but as I was studying for this, there's this word in German that means three oneness, which is a better depiction of, of who and what God is rather than just the idea of Trinity, like triune. Um, it's, Norbert, just say it, please. Say it the cool German way. <laughs> what Norbert said, okay? <laughs> But it means three oneness, and that's the Godhead. When you hear that term Godhead, God exists in these three people, right? And the Holy Spirit um, has existed forever. Very second verse of the Bible, if we can put that up, Genesis 1-2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the days of creation of what we know as this world, the spirit was involved. The spirit was there. Um, and it also speaks to the divinity, the God nature of the spirit, because he's involved in the work of creation, which is something we, we say God did. When we say God created things, the Holy Spirit was, was involved in that. Um, I want to go take a step back for a second and, and just ground us in the fact that the God of the Bible is one God. Right? Um, Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And this is actually the very foundation of where we get this whole love God, love others thing. Because the verses that come after that talk about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
Our God is one, yet he exists in three people. And the Holy Spirit is one of those people. All right, so we talked about the creative work of the Holy Spirit, right? That's an act of, of, of God. There's also throughout the Bible, different authors at different points in time refer to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? They, they, those three, and the same, when we baptize people, we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When we bless people, we, we don't baptize or bless people in just one of those. We do it in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So there are authors, a um, guy named Luke wrote the book of Acts. It's a history of the early church. And in Acts chapter 5, there's kind of like this little scandal that happens. But what's important in these two verses that I'm going to read to you is not the scandal, but that the Holy Spirit is described as synonymous with God, right? This is Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have lied not just to human beings, but to God. Right? Verse 3, Satan has so filled your heart that you lied to the Holy Spirit. End of verse 4, you have not just lied to human beings, but to God. God and the Holy Spirit are synonymous. Okay? Again, another pointer to the God nature of the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit is involved in the work of creation. In the Old Testament, um, the Holy Spirit when you read about stories of people like Samson, right, the Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit came upon certain specific people at specific times for specific reasons as God the Father appointed. Does that make sense? Now, it's important to understand that because of the difference of what happens in the New Testament. Jesus, God the Son, comes on the scene and he tells the people closest to them he tells them this in John 14, 16. He's trying to prepare them that he's about to die and he's going to leave them on earth. In John 14, 16, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit, capital S, of truth. Right? So Jesus promises the disciples the Holy Spirit. And then we come back to um, not come back to, but another author of the New Testament, Paul, who wrote the book that we're studying right now, 2 Corinthians, he tells the people of the Corinthian church that God resides within them now. 1 Corinthians 6.19, you do not know that your, oh, sorry, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. For those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, when we come into relationship with him, the God of the universe comes and takes up residence within each of us, individually. Okay? That is a big deal. And that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about. The God of the universe um, comes and lives inside each one of us who chooses to follow Christ, who is drawn to Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit. So, um, the Holy Spirit, just as in God, like God's nature, is always at work, right? If you are a follower of Christ, he is at work in you and through you as well as around you, 
For those people who have not yet discovered the truth about Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is at work around them and shaping their circumstances and guiding them and doing things like bringing them to church and a school cafeteria on a Sunday morning in the middle of May. The Holy Spirit is, is always, always at work. So as we, um, as we let the Holy Spirit do his thing in us, as we let him do his work, as we try to get out of the way, um, we'll begin to experience more of his work, more of his power, more of his movement. And um, Ian, can we put up that slide with the, it's um, just kind of a description of the work of the Holy Spirit? A lot of verses, and I know um, if you're not familiar with the Bible, um, there are some concepts, some ideas in the Bible that you can pick one passage and that you can just, you know, five, six, seven sentences that are together and you can, you can grab that concept, right? The Holy Spirit, the idea of God existing in three persons is one of those concepts that we have to look at the entirety of Scripture. All of Scripture is God-breathed. And so when we look at um, the Holy Spirit, it's throughout the course of, of Scripture, um, so what is, it, what is it that the Holy Spirit actually does, right? Psalm 139 says that he is always with us. He's a constant companion. When we enter into a relationship with Christ, we read in Ezekiel that the Holy Spirit gives us a new heart. He takes away our heart of stone. In the book of John, in several different places, John tells us that the Holy Spirit empowers us. He comforts, brings peace, helps, teaches, reminds. Kind of that guiding and leading um, this is another big, big job of the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who have experienced this, probably not one of your favorite, right? When he convicts us of sin. When we get that slap in the back of the head or that kick in the seat of the pants or that feeling in our gut that like, all right, I need to, I need to change something. And we hear that still small voice of God. Um, when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and he, he, he prays on our behalf and he gives us the, um, the ability to, um, to reach out to God. And not lastly, because there, I, I could never encapsulate um, all of what the Holy Spirit does in the short time that I have right here, but um, he gives each believer at least, at least one gift. And that gift is given to each person for the good of the church of Jesus Christ, right? That, that gift is not for our own to make us look good, to make us look like the hero. That gift is given to us for God's glory and for the growth of the kingdom. All right, so I'm gonna ask um, Kevin and Shauna and John to come up here, Scruff, sorry, to come on up. If you guys um, grab a microphone and grab a stool on your way up here, and I'm going to cover three quick things while they're making their way up here. Um, the first one is the Holy Spirit will never contradict Scripture. By that, I mean, like, if you, if you have a feeling, if you think you're hearing that still small voice of God, and it's like, the, the situation is, my marriage is rocky, I have this awesome new coworker. if I do go have a fling with this coworker, that's the Holy Spirit's leading me. No, that is not, right? It, the Holy Spirit will never that's kind of a blatant, obvious example, but the Holy Spirit will never contradict Scripture. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, make yourself comfortable. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out is 
So how do you know, how can you tell if the Holy Spirit is at work in your life? Uh, I didn't put the verse up here, but in the book of Galatians chapter 5 um, is the fruit of the Spirit. And if, if you find yourself growing in things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, the Holy Spirit is at work in you. That's how we know. God tells us the, that's what the fruit of the Spirit is. So um, I wanted to, I brought these guys up here because, because this is, can be a difficult concept. Um, I didn't want you to think that this is just something that, um, that is for professional Christians, right? Um, these guys are awesome. They're very ordinary people. I'm not going to say normal because, you know, normal is <laughs> a relative term. <laughs> um, but they're, um, they each love Jesus very much, and they've each been gifted by the Spirit in different ways. So I wanted to um, get their input on this. So the first thing I'm going to do to you is I'm going to ask you a question that I didn't send you ahead of time. Okay? Quickly and briefly, quickly and briefly, introduce yourself and tell us what you wanted to be when you were eight years old. Eight? Yep. Or uh, thereabouts. My name is John or Scruff. I wanted to be a linebacker for the Giants. I'm Kevin, and I wanted to play center field for the New York Yankees. <laughs> I'm Shauna, and I wanted to be a mother. Boo. Wait, so, so you, you, don't, you don't play for the Giants. Correct. You don't play for the Yankees. Only you, yeah. <laughs> but Shauna is an awesome mom. Cool. All right. Um, so, guys, I, I tried to give a, the biblical kind of thumbnail sketch of this, but tell me, tell us about who you've experienced the Holy Spirit, how you've experienced the Holy Spirit in the course of your, um, your walks with Christ. Sorry, I'm going to grab a stool while you guys are thinking about that. Don't be bashful. I guess I'll start. Um, you know, when Tom asked me what the, to, to be up here today and what the topic was going to be, it you know, sent me into a place of reflecting and really looking at um, my journey and when I came to realize that God lives within me was when really I would say I embraced the Holy Spirit. And as Tom said, to try to think about this, that, that Trinity experience, that Trinity with my head, can't do it. I just keep falling short. You can't put it into words. Um, but the experience really happened in my life at a time where... Um, that's where I see the connection, that I really started to realize that God lives in me, and his spirit is in me, and receiving that gift um, put me in another, in another um, place in this experience with God. I think uh, for me, as I was reflecting on it, uh, and to share with all of you as well, it's for me, it's still an ongoing process because in some ways I feel like even though um, I made a profession of faith and accepted Jesus into my heart when I was little, um, growing up in the church, we talked about God a lot and we talked about Jesus a lot, but the Holy Spirit was kind of like the mystery man. Um, and there wasn't, um, you'd hear the Bible verses um, about the Holy Spirit, and, um, but, but the teaching focused on 
on God and on, on Jesus. And um, through my thought processes this week and some of the verses that were put up on the, um, the screen that we saw before, I feel the way that uh, the Holy Spirit manifests itself um, uh, or himself in my life um, over the course of time is, is in a way of sort of uh, guiding because one of those verses in um, John the put up said that, that when Jesus left, he said he was to the disciples that I'm going to give you the counselor and he's going to guide you into all truth. And so um, I feel the work that he does to empower me in my life, he, he guides me into all truth to help me understand what God's truth um, truly is. And also there was, there's a verse in, uh, I think it's like Second Peter, where Peter talks about how... Um, uh, um, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so I feel that's um, how, or most often as, as I go through my day-to-day -day life that I connect with the Holy Spirit is, is through um, his guidance and just kind of carrying me along. Um, sometimes, uh, sometimes when I'm cognizant of it, sometimes when I'm not. And, you know, just thinking back to the last year in my life, and those of you who know me, it was like, um, filled with, with lots of eventful things and, and overwhelming at times and, and just knowing that the Holy Spirit carries and I can look back and see and can even feel it inside carrying me, um, carrying me through those times. Thanks, Ed. You got anything, Scott? I don't know. <laughs> I would just say that um, the Holy Spirit has just been a helper to me, as it says in the book of John, an advocate, just guiding me when I really don't know what to do. And kind of like just what Kevin's saying, when Jesus says, like, I'm going to send you a helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, he would teach you all things. It wasn't that Jesus didn't know everything. It was just Jesus wasn't around when I was going to college or Jesus didn't have a Facebook account. He couldn't tell us, don't post this, don't like that, like this. There are no other aspects of life that Jesus couldn't tell us about because he wasn't here right now. But the Holy Spirit is here right now. And he, got, he just helps me just with everyday things, telling me what I should do, what I shouldn't do, corrects me, that sort of thing. Cool. Thank you. Um, so I want to get to all of these questions, um, but we're not going to have time for each of you guys to answer each one, so we'll kind of bounce around a little bit, all right? All right. Um, so, Kev, why don't we go back to you? And um, the question that I asked you guys was, why is a... Um, and understanding and uh, intentional interacting with the Holy Spirit. Why has, why or how has that been important um, in your walk with Christ? I think as I became uh, more aware, whether it be through scripture memorization or um, just um, different teachings as I grew um, about the Holy Spirit, that um, just learning that he is the person of the Trinity who is left um, who Jesus left behind for, for all of us. And, um, and Jesus told us to abide in him and he would abide in us. And it's through the Holy Spirit that um, that, that is accomplished. And so to, to, to seek out, and I often, um, the way I often express my prayer of how I want to live my life is that God would help me to be who he wants me to be to whoever he happens to place in my path 
um, for that particular day or period of time. And, and, and the Holy Spirit is one who empowers us to do that. There's verses that you've put up and, and many more that talk about that. And, and that came to mind to me as like one of the more important reasons for me why it's important for me to stay connected with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and you brought up a great point, Kevin. Um, the intentional interaction, one, um, one way that we do that is through the Word of God. Um, the Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God, so if you want to get to know the Holy Spirit better, you need to engage the Word of God. And one way, and Kevin is awesome at this, um, is scripture memorization, right? To, to pick a chunk of scripture and commit it, commit it to memory. Bury God's Word in your heart. Um, and, that way, and in that way, you begin to get to know the Holy Spirit a little better, and you allow him another avenue into your life to, to, do, to do his work. Um, all right, so, uh, Shauna, how about, um, how, how does the Holy Spirit help you to love God and love others? Um, well, the Spirit of God is what puts my life in motion. It's, it's that, that place that um, God meets me, and I really look at the fruits of the Spirit and how I can move forward with the Spirit and um, begin to see the work of the Spirit in my life through, um, through building those relationships with people really is um, how I see the Spirit working in my life and um, what, keeps, what keeps me grounded. And that time in prayer to reconnect with God um, is my time connecting with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with Jesus. And um, really looking at what the Spirit has done in my life has um, enabled me to really forgive and um, let go of things that I really couldn't do. And, and, you know, when the scriptures talk about that overwhelming presence of God, that it's just a happening and an occurrence in your life that you just know it's beyond you. And that, that's really that, that awakening that God does live in us and um, is with us always. It's like a little mini sermon right there. That was so good. I'm, I'm glad we recorded that. That's the Holy um, Spirit. <laughs> um, Shauna said a, a, a bunch of stuff in there that I, I want to try to highlight one or two of those things. Um, talked about the Bible as being key to that intentional interaction with the Holy Spirit. But prayer um, is, that, is that other piece that you, you cannot... That's, you can, God will break into your life, you know, sometimes whether you want him to or not. Um, but if you want to intentionally engage with him, you have to create time for prayer. You have to create time to listen. And um, if you're new to the things of God, prayer is nothing more than talking to God and listening. It's both, it's both of those things, um, talking and listening. Um, scroll off. You want to tell us if you you know you know I know you know what your spiritual gifts are, right? Sure. Okay. Do you? Sure. Okay. Um, so tell us for people who don't know, tell us what your spiritual gifts are, and then um, how have you been? How's God been calling you to use those gifts? Um, I would say the first one I kind of realized I I had was um, just intercession prayer. Just had getting the feeling of like I should be praying for someone or something, and then God just keeps it on my heart. He keeps you know slapping me upside the head as Tom said, or punching me in the stomach until I just stop what I'm doing, and pray for that person or pray for that topic. 
Um, and he just still does that, and it's, it's very annoying because <laughs> sometimes I don't want to or I'm busy or I think other things are important because I know more than God because that's accurate, um, <laughs> which is not. God, I don't want to pray for X, Y, or Z person or this. I think this is more important. This is where I should focus my time in prayer. And God is consistent. He goes, no, I'm God. You're not. And I guess the second thing is that if any of you, you knew me in high school or even like before high school, like me standing up here with a microphone talking or doing a teaching or hanging out in middle school trying to teach them the Bible just makes no sense at all. Like, it took God and God's spirit to teach me and give me that gift of communication and teaching because nothing else really makes sense that how God just changed me like that, so. Yeah, the Holy Spirit can um, and will do amazing, amazing things when, when you let him. I just wanted to add one thing since I'm the oldest member of the group up here. Um, I think as, as Scruff was talking, and actually Shauna was sharing too that um, to just encourage um, all of you who are out there that as you continue to, to learn about the Holy Spirit and, and, and invite his presence and um, learn more about him and, and submit to what he's given you like with your gifts, like um, I know one of my gifts is, is generosity. So, um, and I can remember I think I can remember back being the scruff's age. Um, but where sometimes where it's like, no, God, I don't wanna I don't wanna give that up. I don't wanna I don't wanna write that check. I don't wanna do this. But but the cool thing is now I look forward to the opportunities that he provides for me to do that. Like sometimes I still um, will hesitate like if I'm driving to work one day and I see some guy collecting cans on the side of the road, sometimes God just pops in my head, it's like, you need to stop and just give him something out of your wallet. And it's like, uh, no, but the cupcake truck is coming today. <laughs> it's like, and that's five cupcakes that I can buy and I promise I'll share at least one of them with somebody else. <laughs> um, but, and the same thing with convicting too. It's just like, as, as we go on and as you begin to understand and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, um, he encourages you like makes you look forward to the, the next opportunity that you're gonna to get to share your gift. And even in the harder times I found when I know that, that I need kick up side of the head or slap in the back of the head, it, it still comes gently and, and the Holy Spirit convicts. Um, that's one thing I learned a long time ago, he doesn't condemn. And sometimes it's like, no, you're the, you're the lowest form of life and, and you've done something horrible and shouldn't. Um, you know, you're not worthy of, of God's love anymore. Whereas the Holy Spirit, when he convicts, um, it's still like, yeah, you messed up, but it's like, um, I love you. And, and if you love me, let's get back on the right track and get on the same page. Go, go ahead, John. <laughs> I'm going to continue from there, too. And, and um, you know, in, in reflecting to the, um, you know, the birth of the church, we are the church. And thinking back to how those followers of Christ in that moment of um, receiving the Holy Spirit were in touch with, with, with the gifts that they were using as a unit together. Um, and look at what it's created. I mean, we're here living proof of being followers of Christ. And um, in, in coming back into Crossroads, I had the, 
the honor of being invited into um, Rich's spiritual gifts class, and it, it was, I had done one years ago, but it's a really good opportunity to, to sit and reflect on what it is that um, we each have and how we're using them. Um, and I'm not, it's not easy for me to receive. I like to give gifts, um, but when I really look at, I have to receive first. Um, it's, it's a whole act in itself. So um, that was pretty cool to see that God continues to grow me into those gifts and, um, and, and watch how it works as a community, um, whether we're together here or, or out in, in life. Thanks, Shannon. Um, why don't you give these guys a round of applause and thank them. For you. you guys can stay up here. Um, I'm just going to wrap us up with a couple of thoughts real quick. Um, so I, these guys just did a great job. Um, there's, so, there's so much to, to talk about and to discuss and to learn and to grow in when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I would just, I, I hope that um, we've kind of wet your whistle a little bit for, for this part, this aspect of, of life with Christ. Um, I, I found several quotes, but this one from um, a theologian of old just struck me. Uh, A.W. Tozer said, a spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. Right? That's what I was saying. This is not just something for super Christians or for professional Christians. The Holy Spirit wants to interact with you. And I'm going to ask us just to take a few moments, um, a few moments of silence. Um, so if you want to close your eyes, fine. If you want to stare out the window, if you want to stare at the floor. But um, I, I want to encourage you that um, the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in you and through you. And the Holy Spirit is more than capable of doing that, regardless of um, who you are, where you've been, the things that you've done, or maybe the things that you should have done. Um, the Holy Spirit can do that. And the Holy Spirit will do that on a daily basis, day in and day out. And he will also break in in big moments where he's absolutely unmistakably wanting to do something in your life. So we're just going to hang out for a minute here in the quiet. And then I'm going to pray a prayer for us, and we're going to um, be on our way. Holy Spirit, the, the author of Psalm 139 reminds us of your ever presence. And we are so, so thankful for that. Um, we're so thankful that you come and live inside us and that you um, change us forever in that moment and then you keep us forever changing as we walk the rest of our days with you. Um, Lord, right now I pray for for each person in this room, that their awareness of your spirit would grow, 
um, grow to a place that it hasn't been before and that they would experience you in a new and in a powerful way. God, I pray that they would experience you day in and day out. Lord, make us the kind of people who make time for you, who read your word, who pray, who sit and listen. God, and then give us the courage to follow where your Holy Spirit leads. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Amen. You guys, thanks for being here this morning. If you are interested in digging further into this, hop onto the website, crossroadct.org slash sermons, and look for the further study questions. You can do them by yourself. You can do them with your group. The verses will all be in there. Go dig into that on your own. Have a great week, you guys. See you.